The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Come in. Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. Have you ever dreamed of flying? Of course you have. Everyone has. It's as natural as thirst or hunger. Except, except when it is not you who is doing the flying by yourself, but are being carried by... But that's our story. Another gripping twist on a subject which refuses to die. The vampire. I have come here, but I don't know why. And I want you to love me. Give yourself to me. How can I? You are a specter. You have no body, no being. Give yourself to me. I was no sooner in her arms than I felt myself lifted off the ground, carried by her, mounting, mounting, mounting far above the ground, with her lips pressed to mine, kissed as I had never been kissed before. Our mystery drama, Nightmare's Nest, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Ian Martin and stars Gordon Gould. It is sponsored in part by Buick Motor Division and by the Florida Orange Growers. I'll be back shortly with Act One. The following fable is presented to make you want to buy a Buick. I've never been very good at making decisions. Fortunately, when I was little, I had some help. He's a boy. We'll take the blue blanket, the blue rattle, and the blue baby buggy with the rubber bumpers. As I grew older, however, I was increasingly on my own. Should I wear my snowsuit or my swimsuit? Gee, that's a toughie. Uh, today, decisions still aren't my big strength. May I have your signature, Mr. Seymour? Let me see. Should I use a pencil, a pen, a crayon? I mean, I don't... Well, thanks to Buick, I now have real problems. I mean, having heard what a great engine the V6 is, spunky and efficient and all, and knowing that Buick is famous for V6 engines, well, I trotted right down to a Buick dealer. Then I find out that they offer it in three cars. There's Skyhawk, the Compact Skylark, and the Midsize Century. <laughs> and all with the Buick V6. Well, it wasn't easy, but I finally decided <laughs> I'll take a Skylark. <laughs> Won't I? Buick, dedicated to the free spirit in just about everyone. Kip's Strawberry Pie, a dessert tradition at Kip's Big Boy Restaurants. And with good reason, it's a luscious taste treat that says fresh from the fields. Fresh is the key word because Kip's uses only fresh strawberries. Juicy red ripe berries nestled in a tender flaky crust set off with creamy whipped topping. Remember, only fresh strawberries in the famous strawberry pie at Kip's Big Boy Restaurants. Come see the good people at Kip's. Because Kip's has so much more. Long-distance caller who likes to save money on out-of-state calls? Yeah, but could I sing it? It Sing it? You see, I'm a performer. Let's see how it sounds. Okay. From 11 p.m. till 8 a.m., bedtime to breakfast, I save 60%. I save 60%. Bedtime to breakfast from 11 p.m. till 8 in the morning. Yeah. Uh, close. Hey, man, let's do an album. But, sir, we already have it. Listen. Travel by the distance, stay a while, stay a Southwestern Bell.
most of us, I imagine, accept the concept that certain things have been left out of our general makeup. We don't hit a baseball like Henry Aaron or a tennis ball like Jimmy Connors. We cannot play the piano or paint or develop the business acumen to become a millionaire. But most of us certainly expect that we will have equal emotions. How many of us could even imagine not being able to love someone? To be a person in whose personality that emotion had just been completely left out. This is the story of such a man, John Findlay Masters. I've never really felt incomplete. That is, I never had till... (laughs) But that would be getting ahead of myself. What I mean is that I have never been unhappy. Although I suppose I've not been very happy either. But content enough with my life, my dreams, my achievements, and my few avocations. As Father Dan McGovern liked to say of me... Ah, you're the ultimate pragmatist, John, my boy. That's what keeps me coming by. I'll convert you yet. <laughs> what keeps you coming by is the sad delusion that someday, way, you'll beat me at our weekly game of chess. <laughs> Can I get you something to drink? Oh, now that'd be nice. A little cherry would warm my heart if you'll join me. By all means. I wish I thought it could warm yours. <laughs> Dan, you'll never let go, will you? Why do I worry you so? Uh, because it's not natural to begin with. I mean, here you are, a man just turned 30, and you live like a hermit. You should be married with children. Not my and, and style. At least you should have a woman who... who uh, I, I mean, someone to cherish and, and love and... Father, um... and you, a man of the cloth? Are you advocating extramarital affairs? Of course not. I'm less concerned with sex than with... than with love which only goes to prove what friendly antagonists we are. I am just the other way. One of the advantages of living in today's world. So let me put your mind to rest about that. And drink your sherry. Uh, Somehow, it doesn't taste as good as I anticipated. That's a first-class sherry. It isn't the wine that sours on me, it's you. Why let it bother you? Because I... Because I feel I stand in loco parentis to you. Your father, rest his soul, was a long-time friend. You puzzle and worry about me, Dan. You find me hard to understand. It shouldn't be too difficult. My father, who gloated over my mental capacities, my precocity in mathematics particularly, the academic honors I won that fed his vanity because I was his son, the endless hours he chained me to a chessboard, teaching me the game till I became the master. Pride in me cold satisfaction but never love and on the other hand there was my mother well you can't say you didn't get it from her that was just the trouble too much like a dog that licks wildly at his master's face or all the girls who hung around after the football game or when we won the basketball championship wait now by the holy father there's some hope for you yet there is emotion. When sure I thought your soul was dead and buried. Oh, don't be ridiculous, Father. I am a man of no emotions. Because I don't need them. Or believe in them. Except as a destructive force. My motivations are scientific. In the realm of pure mathematics. Sheerly practical. 
Come on. You finish your sherry. Let's get to the game. Ah, no, no, no. A moment longer. Now, I, I, I don't feel much like chess tonight. Well, you'd better. Why is that? It may be your last chance. I'm giving up my apartment. I'm going away. Away where? I found a perfect house. Isolated, remote, locked away from the world. Oh, sure, the last place for you to go. Oh, I need to be utterly alone. I'm coming near the verge of a breakthrough in pure mathematical theory that could upend the world. Oh, dear God, would you listen to the man? Hasn't the world been upended enough already? Oh, John, John, I have a terrible premonition. Tis the worst thing you could possibly have done. And so I came to live at Mayer's Nest, named for the man Mayer who built it. It should have been called Nightmare's Nest. But I had no idea of that, of course, that first afternoon, as Mrs. Denton took me on a tour of my new home. I'm sorry, Mr. Masters, for the condition of the third floor. Most of the rooms here are small, old-fashioned servants' rooms with little light. And the others are storage, filled with old lumber. A lot of leftover trash that Mr. Mayer has instructed me to throw away. Family papers, old clothes, and, and the like. What's that door at the end of the hall? Why... That's Miss Stella's old playroom. Is it large? Oh, yes. Well, let's have a look at it. It's... I mean, nothing's been done here. After she died, her things were all taken away, too. It looks perfect for me. That big gable window overlooks the garden? Yes. It, yes, it does. Is it fully wired here? Oh, yes. It's heated electrically. Mr. Mayer had 220-volt current brought up. Well, then it's perfect. I may want to put in a computer. Quite a view, too. I didn't get a chance to really look at the gardens. It's beginning to get a little dark. What's that sort of walled-in area beyond the trees there? That... That's the maze, sir. The what? Mr. Mayor was a very rich man. He had... He had strange fancies. He was visiting in London at... Um, Hampton Court, is it? Where Henry VIII lived? That's right. Mm. Well, there's a thing called the maze there. You know, a place... I know, a labyrinth of yew hedges full of dead ends till you find just the right path to the center. That's right. Well, anyway, Mr. Mayor built one just like it for Miss Stella. For her and her friends to play in was the idea. Fascinating. I'd like to go down and have a look at it. Oh, it's getting a bit dark, sir. And besides, after... When the wall was built around the maze, the gate was padlocked and... I don't know where the key has gotten to. Well, never mind. I can see it tomorrow. Let's go down to the second floor and decide on a bedroom suite for me. And then we can start thinking about dinner. Very well, sir. Oh, Mr. Masters. Yes? I... I just hope you'll be very happy here. I don't even ask that much. Content and undisturbed will suit me fine. Good morning, Mr. Masters. You'll be ready for your breakfast? Just juice and coffee, Mrs. Denton. I don't eat in the morning. Oh, we have some lovely fresh eggs from the farm down no, the road. No, thank you. You will find that I'm a creature of habit. Too late to change anything in my life. Well, I heard you moving about, so I have the orange juice right here and the coffee nice and warm. Or uh, would you prefer some other fruit juice? No, this is fine. But speaking of hearing things, though... What? You heard something in the night? What? No, I slept like a top. Now, I was talking about the hall. There's an echo there. Oh, 
Well, it's the tiles, sir. See, there used to be a big round rug there, but Mr. Mayor liked the tiles so much he had it taken up. Well, let's get it put down again. The place is as cold as a grave and sounds like walking through a crypt. It's a pleasant day. It's getting very chilly. Nice dry chill. Invigorating day. And I need a good deal of air after last night. Pardon, sir. You said you slept well. I did, but heavily. I couldn't get any of the windows open in my room. Oh, well, that's because the screens aren't in yet. Well, still, if I hadn't gone to bed so late, I would have looked for you to ask you why on earth they are nailed shut. Oh, it's just a precaution, sir. The trees grow so near the house that quite a bit of, of wildlife gets into the house unless the screens are up. Well, then let's get them up. Is there some sort of handyman? Oh, yes. You know, I'm, I'm fascinated by the maze. Did you dig up the key for it? Oh, no, no, not yet, sir. Well, there's no great rush. You must tell me more about it at dinner or tomorrow. Because today I must get back to the house and get to work. But I would like to get some windows open. It's cold this time of year. And the screens need painting. Now, if you could just wait a while. Not too long. The house is as musty as a tomb. Let's get it opened up a little. What is it? You left the front door ajar. Oh, Mrs. Denton, don't worry. I, I realize there's an oil crisis, but a little extra strain on the supply... It isn't that, Mr. Masters. Oh, we shouldn't ever leave anything open. There, there, there are things that can enter. Things? Oh, you mean mosquitoes, flies, insects. And there are other things. Woodcocks, opossums, raccoons. We're that far out in the woods? We're all alone here. Isolated like. Well, as long as it isn't bears or anything we can't handle. What is it? I don't know. Funny dead smell. Oh, we must get this house open and let some air in. And... And... And what? I thought it was oppression at first, but... Strange reaction... It's depression. <laughs> Doesn't make sense on a day when it's so clear and the cloud cover so high. I, I never felt like this in my life before. Ah, well, heavy, listless. No, what's the word? I know. Something I've never totally felt in my life. Even at my parents' funerals. Sad. Just unbearably, inescapably sad. Oh, Lord, help us. I knew as soon as I saw the door open. And the moment we got inside, she's back again. You let her back in. The ultimate pragmatist, suddenly in the grip of an unbearable emotion. And for no practical reason certainly no natural one. So, by the evidence, it must be supernatural. Who is the she who disturbs the peace of this haunting, strange house? I'll be back as shortly as I can with Act Two. Come on, America, be fresh in natural way. Have a glass of summer cheese any time of day. 
Anita Bryant for Summer Juice. 100% pure orange juice from Florida. Pour some over ice for a delicious warm weather treat the whole family will love. Naturally pure, naturally refreshing. Orange Juice America Summer Juice. From the Florida Orange Growers. Where do you keep your guns? In a drawer? Closet? In a rack on the wall? Every day across the country, crimes are committed with stolen guns. Stolen because simple security precautions were not taken by someone. When possible, lock your guns in place. Run a steel strap or chain through the trigger guards of rifles and handguns. And if your guns are stolen, notify the police immediately. This is Chuck Connors for the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. Remember, your stolen gun threatens everyone. Are you ready to take the pledge of the one-plus long-distance caller who likes to save money on out-of-state calls? Yeah, I am. I promise to remember when rates get lower. I promise to remember when rates get lower. On weekdays from 5 p.m. just before supper time till 11 p.m. just before bedtime, I save 35%. From 5 p.m. just before supper time till 5 p.m. that early? Uh, miss, there's more to the pledge. I can go right after work. Uh, miss, miss. Oh, well. Travel by long distance, stay a while, stay a while. Southwestern Bell. dark and gloomy hall, the huge, ornate staircase curving up behind his head like a giant question mark, John Masters, shaking off the depression that shrouds him, turns to the frightened, cringing little woman. Mrs. Denton leans against the heavy front door, whether for support or as if to bar its opening at the insistence of some outside force, it's hard to tell. Before he can speak, he has to take a deep breath to lift the crushing weight of nameless sorrow from his chest. What she? Whom have I let back in? Oh, I suppose you had to know sooner or later. Well, I'll try to make it as short as possible. They're not in this echoing vault. Let's get away from sound and half-darkness. Here, the dining room will do. Now sit down, Mrs. Denton. You look as though you'd seen a ghost. Oh, thank you, sir. Oh, not seen. But I know she's here. Who's here? Oh, the poor lost little soul. Stella. Miss Mayer, that was. Tell me what this is all about. Oh, it goes back over ten years. And she was such a lovely little thing, Stella. Just seventeen and bright and gay. And chipper as a little bird, always laughing and full of fun. Until Ram Gitano came to work for us. There were horses here then for riding, and he took care of them. And he drove Mr. Mayor in his car to and from the station. Oh, he was a handsome young man with black hair and white teeth and a dark gypsy skin. And it didn't take Stella very long to fall head over heels in love with him. They would sneak away and meet in the middle of the maze. There's a little sort of Grecian temple there. There used to be a gazebo. And I was so worried... I hid myself away behind there one night after dinner. Moshkadroka e kisana. What is that, what? <laughs> Darling, what do you expect from a gypsy? That's Romany. <laughs> what does it mean? My heart and all my pulsing soul is yours. Is yours my only love. Oh, how beautiful. Yeah, if you go for that. Ah, oh, Stella, baby, what difference is it how I say it? I'm crazy about you. 
And you know I love you. Well, you know I buy it, but will your old man? I... I, I don't know. Have you talked to him about us yet? No. What's the matter? Afraid he'll think I'm not good enough for his little chick? I'll... I'll handle that. I don't think so. Oh. All right, Stella, you can go. I heard enough on my way into the maze to know where we stand. I'll handle this from now on. Crouched in my hiding place, I blame myself bitterly for not having been at the house so that I could have stopped this meeting. I could see, hear, how hurt my little Stella was, and I wanted to come out and help her. I knew how wrong this man was for her, but I also knew Stella... I knew how deeply she could be hurt and how easily broken. So I, I froze, helpless. It doesn't matter what you do or say, Daddy. I love him. And if he wants me, I'll have him any way he wants me. Sorry it had to be like this, sir. I am sorry it had to be at all. How long has this been going on? Oh, for some time, Mr. Mayor. If you have in any way... I may not be Ivy League, but so far I'm a gentleman. No sweat there. You had better not. So help me God, I'll drag you in for statutory rape. I wouldn't advise it, Mr. Mayor. You wouldn't have a case. But nudge me far enough... I'll nudge you, all right. Straight out and keep on going. You're fired. You're making a mistake, Mr. Mayor. My mistake was in hiring you. Never letting you get near my daughter. From here on in, I'll make sure you don't have another chance. You know I could tie you into a pretzel old lava. Try it and I'll put you in jail where you really belong. On second thought, maybe I'll just lay a nice fat gypsy curse on you. That's what you really object to, isn't it? My race. I don't give a damn about your race. Or your color. Or up to a certain point, your creed. Simply that I can recognize a no-good hands-out bum just as well as you can. I came up from nothing myself. Only I made my own way. I didn't climb over other people's backs to get there. Now get out and stay out. I waited a long time before I left the maze. And by that time, they'd gone to the station. And I was left to comfort and try to calm down a frantic little girl who was mad with grief. Oh, I should have slept in her room that night. Her bedroom was the same as you have now, Mr. Masters. But I was fool enough not to. The rest of the story I had to piece together from fragments spoken in fever by Stella during her long, last, puzzling illness. Late that night, Rom came back. Climbed the big tree outside her window. If you look, there's a branch cut off now. It used to stretch near enough to reach the sill. Rom! Shh! Help me in. Wait here. Give me your hand. Grab hold of the window frame. Okay. Don't let go just for a moment. And keep out of my way. I'm going to jump. Now. I'll close the window quick. Are you all right, darling? Fine. Did you come back to take me away? Yes, but all in good time. Everyone asleep? Oh, I think. Shall I get dressed? Not yet. Now, look. The safe downstairs. Your father still keep all that dough in it? Well, yes. Well, there's nearly 10,000 there. I put away some for him this morning. Why? You know the combination? Of course, but... Look, darling. Let me hold you in my arms. And listen to me. 
If I'd gone away, if I hadn't jumped off that train when it slowed down for Travers Crossing, I'd be gone out of your life, you know that? Why? Why? Because it's written in the stars. Or if you don't like my gypsy second sight, because by the time I ever made enough money to be able to afford you, old money bags mayor would have talked you into marrying someone else. No, Rob. I never, never would have. Well, this way we're taking no chances. You're going down now to sneak open that safe for me and give me that dough. You mean steal it? Honey, when we're married, how much bread do you think your old man is going to sling around like confetti? This is a drop in a bucket, but it's enough for you and me to get started. Oh. All right. But then I'm going with you. You can't, baby. Not for another couple of months. Till you're 18 and your own woman. I'm going to cut out with this steak. Get myself set. Send you my address. And as soon as you're 18, you come a-running to me and we get married. Once that happens, you know he won't touch us. Honey, it's the only way we can make it. Oh, well, I don't know. I... I thought you loved me. I do. I do. Okay, I... then. Prove it. There. It's open. Okay, honey. Now get on upstairs. You know nothing about this. Leave the rest to me. Oh, I don't want to leave you. Just for a little while. Trust me. Oh, I'd put my life in your hands. Who's there? Don't move like that's the light. You kidding? Look out or I'll... You... You killed me. You? I thought I'd seen the last of you. Look, that's what you bought. Daddy, what happened? Oh, you killed him. Still, I was only protecting my house. I didn't know who he was. I don't remember. You killed me. Drach, Voldemort, nice, turning Dermot, Stark, the vampire. What? An old gypsy curse on you. I will not die till, till I replace my soul and one of you become a Vagrum. Vagrum. And this all happened ten years ago? It would have been ten years, nearly two months ago. And Stella, by that time, was under psychiatric care. She... Oh, the poor child. She just went to pieces. Do you think her father knew that he was shooting her... Well, that he knew who the man was? I don't know. I know that Miss Stella thought he did. She never spoke to her father again. Oh, this house was a terrible place to live in. We were all smothering under a terrible... a blanket of grief and shock. Sometimes it was... it was hard to breathe. That feeling we... at least I had just now. And she lay upstairs in the bed you slept in last night and... just wasted away. No, Mrs. Denton, that's silly. In this modern age, with all our medical know-how, nobody just wastes away. Life can be maintained by mechanical means almost indefinitely, particularly a young life. They couldn't keep her alive. They said it was anemia, pernicious anemia. They kept giving her transfusion after transfusion, but the doctors were helpless. The blood just seemed to, to break down and disappear. Well... She was buried in the little temple in the center of the maze. And that's where she lies now? No. You mean she was reburied somewhere else? Her body was moved? Her body was moved. But not by any earthly means. It just disappeared. 
I don't understand you. Oh, Lord, forgive me. I don't understand myself. I can only tell you this. After Stella's death, Mr. Mayor was a completely broken man. He couldn't stand this house, complaining all the time of the same, the same smothering pall of sadness you felt today. But he wouldn't sell the house. Not while his daughter rested here. So I was kept on as housekeeper. And every day I took fresh flowers to place by the coffin. By his instruction? Yes. There was no wall about the maze then, but you can imagine. Because I... I had loved her so. What a sad pilgrimage that was every day. She might have been the daughter I never had. So I would kneel there and pray. But after I'd learned to find my way blindfold to the center... I seldom thought of looking at the coffin itself. Until one day, I did. And... <laughs> Mrs. Denton, are you all right? I'm as right as I shall ever be again. Are you up to finishing your story? Oh, I'd rather show you as well as I can. You wanted to see the maze. Well, now's the time to see it. You found the key? I've always had it. I never let it out of my sight. Shall we go? I followed her to the maze. The lock, rusty and old, but apparently well-oiled, opened easily. And we threaded our way to the little Grecian temple at the center, Mrs. Denton leading. Inside the temple was a dais, and on it lay a carved, frescoed, bronze catapult. She brought me to it. The lid is very heavy. It takes a strong man to open it. One day after she died, I came here with my flowers. The lid was standing open. I was appalled. And I stepped forward to look in. Open it yourself, Mr. Masters. And you will see what I saw. Curiouser and curiouser, cried Alice, as she wound her way through Wonderland. But this is a darker and more disturbing world than Lewis Carroll ever dreamt of. Even at high noon, as John Masters and Mrs. Denton look upon the coffin of a long-dead girl, the forces of darkness swirl and cloud about them. I shall be back shortly with Act Three. Here's a tip from your Better Business Bureau on the metric system. Have you noticed the metric measurements on packaged foods at your supermarket lately? Soon the metric system of measurement will be commonplace all around the country, and you should be ready for it. Look carefully at the metric measurements on the foods you buy. They may seem bewildering at first, but they make a lot more sense than the system of measurement we're currently using. For example, right now, fluid measures are expressed in gallons, quarts, and pints. Dry measures are expressed in bushels, pecks, dry quartz and pipes. And a dry quart is 16% larger in volume than a liquid quart. By using the metric system, however, you only need to know one unit of measurement for liquid volume, the liter. All other fluid measurements are multiples of the liter. And similarly, dry volumes are measured by the gram and multiples of the gram. This has been a tip from your Better Business Bureau on the metric system. Why be skinny? Why lose out because you're skinny and underweight due to poor eating habits? Let Weight On put pounds and inches of welcome weight on you. 
Weight on users report gains of 5, 10, 15 pounds and more without loading up on sugary syrups or greasy mixtures. Helps fill out face, arms, bust line, legs, entire body. Rich in nutrients for fast strength and quick energy. Get weight on. W-A-T-E dash O-N. Liquid or tablets at druggists. Satisfaction guaranteed or money back. Uh, hello, is this the uh, consumer helpline? That's right. What can I do for you? Uh, well, I need some help picking the best of four small cars. Uh-huh. What four small cars? Uh, the VW Beetle, the VW Rabbit, the Fiat 128, and the Toyota Corolla. Uh-huh. What do you want to know? Which one gets good gas mileage? All of them. Uh, which one's built really tough and dependable? All of them. So what's the difference? Uh, just a moment, please. Here we are. The Toyota Corolla two-door sedan comes standard with features like a rear window defogger and power front disc brakes. Hmm. The Toyota Corolla has more horsepower than any of those three European cars. Really? And based on a comparison of manufacturers' suggested retail prices, the Toyota Corolla two-door sedan is priced lower. Hey, that's terrific. Uh, so you really think I should buy the Toyota Corolla then? Well, I, uh, I'm not really supposed to say, you know. Well, couldn't you make an exception? Grecian temple in the center of the maze is very simple. Four ionic columns, perhaps 12 feet high, bearing a cupola roof. It is open on all sides, save for a low marble circular series of slabs at sitting height, supported like benches. In the center is a dais about three feet high, on the surface of which rests a bronze coffin, obviously maintained with loving care. There are no flowers. Lift the lid. You need have no fear of disturbing the dead. Very well. It won't be so hard because I am a foolish woman. The hinges are kept oiled. There's nothing there. Exactly. That's what I found all those years ago. A month after she had died and been buried. I was annoyed. I had bought this house from the mayor estate with a built-in housekeeper to guarantee my isolation and quiet for my mathematical experimentation. I realize now I should have questioned more closely the bargain I had thought it to be. But that die was cast. The problem now was to put all this nonsense out of my mind and at the same time try to banish the stifling feeling of profound grief that kept sweeping over me from time to time. But within a day or two, with the weather warming and the screens up so we could open windows, let it passed, and I could get on with my work. Then suddenly, it returned more strongly than before. And on an impulse, I called Father Dan and invited him down for a weekend. Oh, could we, could we open a window, John? They're as wide open as they can be already. Why? It isn't that warm. Well, then... Could we take a little walk in the garden, do you think? I was waiting till tomorrow to show it to you, but maybe it's light enough. Why not? There'll be a gibbous moon. It's a little over the half. And I'd like to see this maze of yours. Well, it's an amazing little labyrinth. I wouldn't have believed you could find your way in here so easily. Well, it isn't so difficult. 
There are a whole series of little markers that lead you right when you know where to find them. Oh, even in this half-light? You must have come this way quite often. Yes, I... Well, I'm fascinated, naturally, by Mrs. Denton's foolish... Well, you might say legend that she's been building up. Yes, of course, of course. And I see there are fresh flowers by the coffin. I thought that had been stopped a long time ago. Oh, I, I put some there yesterday morning before I picked you up at the train. A gesture. I don't know why. To an empty coffin. And it, it is still empty. Well, naturally. But I have seen a picture of the young lady who should lie in it. I'll show you later. And, and... She was a lovely child. I suppose that gypsy lover's relatives stole the body. No. Now, why would they do a thing like that? How the devil would I... She was wearing jewels, rings, when she was buried. I can only surmise they robbed her for those. Or some kind of vengeance. Did he have relatives? No, Father Dan, I don't know. I told you it was a surmise. Let's get back to the house. I was in no mood for discussion when we returned to the house, which was unreasonable of me since it was the main reason I had invited Father Dan down. But the mood of depression hung too heavily on me, and I wanted to be alone, to sleep, to just forget. I had no idea how long I had been lying in bed. I may even have slept for a while, but all of a sudden, I came awake, or consciously in control of thought. The moon, low in the heavens, cast a glow on the floor between me and my bed. And slowly, the moon glow misted between the window and me, twisted and swirled gently, and rose and formed into the figure of a woman, transparent as the mist, standing before me and moving towards me. Who are you? I have come for you. For me? Why? Don't question it, my love. Just come. Where? Now, quickly. To the center of the maze. The center of the maze. I didn't question it. Don't ask me why. Suddenly, I felt her lips on mine. Warm. Promising. Drinking all my heart's blood. And then she was gone. I, who have questioned every move, decision I'd entertained, I went like a child. And in the soft moonlight, met her there. Was she beautiful? Deadly? Fascinating? Irresistible? I can't tell you. She was all in white, swirling around her and her face was concealed in a milky scarf that bound her head. I had a moment of annoyance, almost. I have come here, but I don't know why. Because I love you. And I want you to love me. Give yourself to me. Give myself to you? How can I? You are a specter. You have no body, no being. Give yourself to me. I will do you no harm. Take me. I've never refused a woman yet. All right. Come here. You were no sooner 
in each other's arms. Then I felt myself lifted off the ground, carried by her, high up over the trees, mounting, 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 sailing effortlessly, while in the moonlight I could see the country spread out below. And every so often, her lips pressed to mine, as I have never been kissed before, drinking from me, drawing me to her, lifting me with her to glide on the wind currents, until... Until what? Until... I don't know what. I, I don't remember that I woke up in my bed this morning. Feeding how? Well, all my depression gone. Relaxed. Oh, with a strange lassitude for me, but also a kind of peace. <laughs> so you see, I can send you back to town as relaxed as I am. I suppose I shouldn't have dragged you up here in the first place. Very well, John. You may call me whenever you need me. Well, I just needed a little contact with good common sense and human kindness to banish all the foolish dreams. I'm myself again. You don't think, John, that maybe the, the things that are happening to you should make you question just a little what it's all about? I mean, us being here... Ah, uh, no. You don't trap me in that old argument again. I thank you for coming here. And I don't know what came over me. Maybe Mrs. Denton's graphic history. But I'm myself again. I said goodbye to my old friend, confident that he had no worries about me. I should have judged him better. During my next weeks of tranquility, I little realized how thoroughly he tried to save me. Hmm, fascinating history, Father. And equally fascinating how far we've come from different approaches, backgrounds, educations to measure the same results. Never ceases to astound me. Well, I don't know why. You study the human mind, Dr. Holland, I the human soul. Are they separated so far? Ah, but this isn't any time for philosophical discussions. I've had some letters and a couple of phone calls in the last few days that have exacerbated all my fears and brought me back to you. Yes, after a period of relief, the massive depression started to reinvade the house and the dreams of flying have returned with this unknown wraith. How sick is he, Doctor? There's a word. Let's say, is he schizophrenic? Possible. I can give you some other words and gobbledygook, which means something to me. I'd guess it's an obsessive compulsion reaction force me to a clinical response. Well, then how, how would you treat or, or, or how would you help such a man? I can't give you an easy answer. Can I meet him? Why not, Paul? Do you want to drive up there next weekend? With the approach of the full moon, my white-clothed lady with the scarf about her head and face appeared to me in dreams, if they were dreams, more and more frequently. Together we soared or seemed to soar wherever I asked or the winds took us or she desired. And without my realizing it, day by day, I grew weaker and weaker. Each night, 
she would come to bear me up with her, flying, flying high above all the world and its sins and its agony. to the center of the maze. If you don't know your way, it's hard to find. So this is the tomb from which the body mysteriously disappeared. Yes. I, uh, I haven't seen the inside of the coffin myself. Oh, you can open it if you want. There's nothing to see. For curiosity's sake, I'd like to look. But uh, you are the one who should say if it's proper. As I'm told, the poor child hasn't been there for ten years. It's hardly likely we'd disturb her body or soul now. It's heavy, but... Oh, sweet Mary, foot of grace. It's not empty any longer. <laughs> she... She almost looks alive. Oh, 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 oh that's her. Oh, my little Stella. To Temple. Look there, that. That was my friend, John Master. Good Lord, he. He's dead. Of course. It, it must have been a terrible fall. The fractures are so multiple. But, but from where? Good Lord, forgive me, I don't know. From the sky. At least from some terrible height. And, and yet it's incredible. What's that? The damage is so extensive. I don't want to go into details, but there should be blood. And there's not a trace of it. Not one single drop. They say the corpse of one who has become a vampire will always be found as fresh and full of blood as if it had arteries and veins that sustained life. I'll be back shortly. Oh, great spirit, whose voice in the wind I hear, and whose breath give life to all the world, hear me. The voice is Iron Eyes Cody of the Cherokee Nation. The words are a prayer first spoken 400 years ago by his people, a people who love the land. Make me walk in beauty. Make my heart respect all you have made. Make me wise that I may know all you have taught my people, the lessons you have hidden in every rock. 
In some Americans today, that spirit is reborn. Throughout the land, areas of thoughtless litter and pollution are being restored to their natural beauty. And yet we still have so far to go. So everyone must get involved. To contact the Keep America Beautiful team nearest you, write Keep America Beautiful, 99 Park Avenue, New York, New York. People start pollution. People can stop it. A public service message of this station and the Advertising Council. One further note on the vampire legend. The Vagrom, the wanderer who seeks blood, having found it, joins the dead in peace. The donor the victim, must wander between heaven and hell till he finds one to love and nourish him and grant him the sanctuary of the grave. An endless chain which always leaves one spirit unsatisfied and searching for rest. Look out for him or her, whoever you are. Whatever you think your armor is, in the end, if there is one single chink the vampire will find it out. Our cast included Gordon Gould, Rosemary Rice, Mary Jane Higby, Robert Maxwell, and Ian Martin. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. I mean my driver's license, my social security they card. They are already in your new wallet. Some these aren't mine. This is my license. But it is, dear. Well, look for yourself. The name on this is Mary Ann Williams. Of course. It's on all your documents. What are you talking about? It's your new name, Mary Ann Williams. And my new name is Walter Williams. New name? What do we need new names for? Because we died. Who? Who died? You and I. We were killed in a car crash. You know what you're talking about. Tom and Eloise Rutledge are dead. They have been changed into Walter and Marianne Williams. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by the Florida Orange Growers and Buick Motor Division. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time... Pleasant dreams? <laughs>